This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Live from the Accessible Media Studios, this is Kelly and Rumya. Entertainment, lifestyle, and great conversation. It's AMI's on-air community, and everyone's invited. And it's nice to be back with you again. It's Kelly and Rumia. That's the show you're tuning into on AMI. Available on AMI-TV, AMI-audio, and your favorite podcast platform. Kelly McDonald and Rumia Amazon. We are the hosts of the show daily, every weekday. Two hours of us and lots of content coming your way. Kel's starting off the show with a pertinent question. Uh, do you sleep to white noise? No. Any kind of white noise. Doesn't have to be no. like... Uh, Hey, smart speaker, play white noise for me. No. Really? Okay, I'm going to challenge this and just dig no, a little no, deeper. No, no, let's be honest Audio here. books, let's before, TV, before, they don't count as white radio noise. dramas. They yes, it does. Noise. Any noise no, is white noise, in my opinion. No. Yeah, yeah there. I was waiting sound, for the in my opinion. Sound. You have your own dictionary. <laughs> sound of something to fall Anything. asleep to. Like you... So rewrite that. Yes, I, I would fall asleep listening fall asleep to, to silence? books. Old time, uh, I probably am more likely to be listening to something. Mm-hmm. But that I've gone through phases in life with that, but not what I know as white noise. You know the thing that's called white noise. That's what I mean. Water. Sh- All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that too. That's uh, what I thought you meant. Yeah. No, I'm talking about literally anything. And the reason why is for the last couple of nights, I've been challenging myself to try to go to sleep in silence. Do not. Yeah, yep. and can it you? is uncomfortable. Yes, I have been, but that first several minutes, it's are very uncomfortable because um, you have to like be able to actively turn off your mind to do that, or else, at least for me, I start thinking be of five hundred thousand different things. Yeah, be tired enough. You're all a little bit too buzzed, or maybe it's a habit of at the end of the day, as you're lying down, that's when you stress the most. I feel like a lot of people can genuinely relate then to this. Or so. I would think probably in the midst of the night, if you wake up yes. and then the mind oh, starts going. Oh, that's the worst as well. The four or five o'clock in the yeah. morning, you know. How about money? Oh, no. Yeah, or all the billion things you forgot to do today that you're going to set to tomorrow. I got to listen to Kelly whine about that promo getting there too late. Yeah, ah. gosh, every day at 1 p.m. Yeah, no, it's uh, quite interesting. So <laughs> we'll follow up about this, I'm sure. But for now, let's see what else is coming up on the show. How are habits formed? Of course, because it's January, lots of habit talk. This time, we're also talking about breaking bad habits with Fern Lullum. And Marcus McCracken, he'll be here for our accessible gaming segment. This time, he's going to be breaking down the latest Mortal Kombat game that had some unique surprises. It's going to be a nice roundtable with a familiar voice and face. Corinne Van Dusen uh, from the Globe and Mail today on AMI-audio is going to be our guest on the roundtable. Kelly's got the topics ready. He'll let us in during hour two on the show. The global music industry set a new single-year record for music streaming. Let's 
The industry group Luminates says music was streamed more than 4 trillion times in 2023, up 34% from the year before. In the U.S., the top stream song was Last Night by Morgan Wallen with more than 1 billion streams. 25.5% of all streams in the U.S. last year was hip-hop as the genre marked its 50th anniversary. Streaming of heritage hip-hop acts grew 11.3%, while new hip-hop dropped 7.1%. One in 78 of all music streams in the U.S. last year was Taylor Swift. She also had five of the top 10 U.S. albums. I'm Archie Zaroleta. Yeah, I was really just wading through this entire clip for the T-Swizzy fact because uh, obviously you want to know what the numbers are. Like, she is her own stat. She is her own sensation. Um, but obviously none of this is very surprising, Kels. I'd maybe say the hip-hop trend was uh, a bit like, hmm, that's interesting because in a world right now where you can listen to absolutely anything you want from what's out there on the charts to what your friends are making at home to uh, you know discovering indie artistry artistry through recommendations through just like accidental methods and whatever else um it's interesting to hear that hip-hop is just as big as it is culturally i guess uh and musically mm. as it's always been and getting bigger well, uh I was more surprised, but of course, the Morgan Wallen, but I remember that song being absolutely really, yeah. like, big. Um, Hip-hop, no, because when I started to hear about the 50th, it reminded me that people are always, just as I do, going to their smart speaker to ask a question, to want to know the... So even if it's just, you know, hearing, like, that song, I always laugh because whenever any news clip mentions mm. hip-hop that way, often you we go back this, right? to Rapper's Delight, yeah. right? It's just that's what we yeah. call on. And you're like, holy cow, how many years? So wasn't surprised there, of course, with Taylor. Like, we know what's all gone on. We know the 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 machine that is the business of Taylor Swift, really. Mm -hmm. And, you know, wonderful when you see success. But I love that when people get so curious. And it's different ways. One, you're celebrating a song. One, you're celebrating an artist and what's going on in a huge tour. The other, a genre of music because yep. someone said, hey, this is the anniversary of hip-hop. Oh, mm -hmm. it is hip-hop. I don't remember a lot of hip-hop. What, what is the olden days of it? Right? For so many people, it's that curiosity. It's crazy to think, though, like out of the trillions of hits, streaming hits mm -hmm. of music, one in every 78 song is Taylor Swift. That yeah. is wild. Um, yeah. She just keeps getting bigger and bigger, man. All right, we're taking a break. Coming back to talk to Michael Fair, a little tech, a little audio entertainment. One of the most hyped accessibility-related additions to iOS 17 is called Personal Voice. He's going to explain this as well as another feature to allow our iPhones to speak to us. Excited? We'll be right back. Don't miss a minute. Kelly and Ramya will be right back. Welcome back. It's Kelly and Ramya on AMI-audio and AMI-tv or on your favorite podcast platform. Either way, thanks for joining us. We get into our Thursday conversations today, and a lot of that is just weekly staples we look forward to on the Thursday episodes of the show. So let's get into it. Kelly and I welcome in Michael Fair. Audio entertainment and accessible technology are increasingly important in our lives. I'm Mike Fair, here to help you make the most out of your devices. 
we'll share tech tips and product reviews. Plus, I'll steer you towards the best accessible games, audio dramas, and podcasts. We'll talk about it all here on Kelly and Ramya. Well, we love getting into tech tips with you, Mike, and this is not always a weekly thing, but today it is one of the most hyped accessibility-related uh, editions in iOS 17 is called Personal Voice. And this week, you're going to explain how this combines with another feature called Live Speech to literally have our phones speak for us. So I'm very curious because I haven't explored either of these features. So who are these features designed for? Basically, these are for people like, uh, well, Stephen Hawking is the first example that springs to mind. Someone who has a voice but is in danger of losing it, uh, and that could be permanently, like, like it would happen to him with his uh, uh, disease, or it could be even temporary. Like, If you have this, uh, what you do is, is you can record your own voice, and then it, it, you say a bunch of samples and phrases, and it takes that and it produces a voice that sounds like yours, and therefore people could still recognize, hey, this is this is the, the person, right? Because it, it sounds like you did before you lost mm -hmm. your voice. So it, it's for people uh, in, in that kind of situation. Uh, I think of musicians too. I mean, if you strain your voice, you'd probably have to relax it and let it rest for a while, and therefore you might need to uh, have something that can speak for you, and your iPhone can fill that role. Um, another feature of uh, live speech is a bit more traditional. Um, it's basically you type in uh, what you want to say, or you select from picked uh, phrases that you set up mm -hmm. uh, prior, and it will speak it out loud using another voice. It doesn't have to be the one you make. It can be like this, as voices you'd use for Siri, things like that. Uh, that's a bit more of a traditional feature. There have been apps that have yes. done that for years. But uh, Apple has just said, no, we're going to add this to operating system now. It's free for everybody. And they I, did. <laughs> I, I love this because, Mike, like you say, it's something that we all, at some point, you'll just naturally be one of those things you record, whether you're 18, 15, or whatever, for the day that you may be under the weather and you may not feel so great or for more permanent situations. Fascinating. Um, how do we find these features? So basically, you go into settings. There's no app for these features, There's no specific app. You go into accessibility settings. There's a new heading called speech. It's right at past the hearing heading. So you go to that, and there are two buttons under that heading. Uh, the first is live speech. That's the feature that you type in, and it uh, lets you, you know, it, it says what you type. Uh, the, and the, the next button over is personal voice, and that's where you can record about 150 samples, uh, phrases that in sentences that it gives you to read. And once you've recorded those, uh, you, it then takes that, generates a voice that sounds remarkably like you, if a bit kind of stilted and flat, in my opinion. Uh, but mm. uh, certainly better than, than, you know, no voice at all. And uh, then you, you can just summon this uh, with uh, basically uh, back tap or another method uh, accessibility shortcut and bring up a dialogue that lets you just type it and say, hey, I want to say this, type it into the dialogue and then hit send and it, it will speak it out loud. Okay, this is really uh, cool. How do you summon it? You talked about summoning it? So yeah, basically there's the, the way that you're supposed to do it is you would use the uh, uh, accessibility shortcut. That's the, the side button, click three times quickly 
I'm not a big fan of that because for voiceover users, if you turn voiceover off and then have to turn it on again, and if you have to use the shortcut, it asks, what do you want activated, this feature or that feature, and it won't talk until you pick voiceover. So that kind of stymies that for us. I recommend if, you're if you need voiceover and personal voice, uh, leave voiceover on being the only thing that you use the shortcut for, that's a side button shortcut, the triple click, mm -hmm. and use back tap. Uh, you can get there by accessibility and touch uh, in that uh, un under um, the uh, touch uh, uh, physical and motor heading, there's a touch button. You double tap that and you go to back tap and you set the, I would recommend the triple tap uh, so that you're not activating it by mistake all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, and for sure. Then you tap it three times, the back of your phone three times, and it, that dialogue, the live speech dialogue, will pop up, and you will be able to use that to have your phone speak for you. That's really uh, interesting. Wow. Mike, do you find the back tap to be reliable in general? As you say, you know, I, don't accidentally it, activate it. I'm yeah, thinking I forgot, like 80% of my... It, uh, back tap features or actions that I've programmed in don't even work, so I forget that I have it activated at all. Is that due to your case? Yeah, I, wonder like, like, what, what, I wonder about that. I wonder if it's the sensitivity? Because that's what I, I've would, never noticed it. Yeah, a case would certainly make a difference. Right. Uh, right. But yeah, it, it, it can be very The case is too, too sensitive. good. Okay. And, and yeah. if it lets too much through, <laughs> then, then the feature is going to activate even when you don't want it. I've had that happen lots. I've lost right. games because that thing's popped up. Yeah. So, <laughs> to the point where you can't even think of it as a real feature, but that, that uh, is Just double an tap on your camera and get your fingerprints all over it. Yuck. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Mike, how do we create our own personal voice? So basically, uh, what you do is you go to the personal voice button, which is the button to the right of uh, the uh, live speech button. You double tap that, and you find a quiet space to record yourself. And you basically read through uh, uh, about 50, uh, sorry, 150, uh, they're like sentences or phrases. And you, it will give you the next phrase. You, uh, you should memorize it first. So you can set this so it stops between uh, phrases. Uh, and, and it doesn't just keep recording, expect you to just read the next phrase. Like if you're sighted, you could just read one after another after another. But if you're not, you have to hear it first and memorize it before you can say it completely. And, and you have to say the phrase completely, right? And then stop the, you know, uh, the recording. And then it will uh, take that when you get through those 150 phrases and you leave your phone plugged in and locked and not use it for anything for a couple of hours at least or so. And it will take all those samples, all those things you recorded, and turn the generate an AI-generated voice that sounds like yours, uh, remarkably like yours, actually. And, uh, th and then it'll be available for use. Okay. Um, how Which one of sensitive... our voices should I use? What, all th yeah. within the three of us? <laughs> Should I do a few voices, Mike? Should I, like, can you do that? Like, I could I you have, can. like, oh, I want to use voice, <laughs> Kelly voice A. Yeah, you can have Mr. Yeah, Villain voice or something. Yeah, yeah you know, he does, like, and, many and impressions, so you need yeah, to have we, all of them on hand. Nothing, nothing stops you from doing that. Your yeah. phone has, you know, enough space that you could wow. store multiple voices. Impressive, and you're going to contribute a lot to the machine learning for all of us, Kels, obviously. I'll just yeah, take care probably. of everyone's, right? <laughs> Get that guy to record everyone's voice. <laughs> Mike, how sensitive is the process to unexpected noise in the background? Because it would cut off, right, if it was hearing different things? 
Well, it, it does eliminate in the I guess in the process of, of taking those recordings and making the voice. It's it, you know I have a fridge in my apartment and it sometimes turns on, and uh, I hear it in my right ear, uh, but I've never once heard it uh, despite it coming on while I was recording my phrases and sentences. It I've never heard bits of it in the in if I've used the voice to say things. Uh, it's just been my voice, so it can remove some background noise, but I wouldn't recommend doing this in like a crowded shopping mall yeah. or something, right? The airport Except or something like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Um, how are you today? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Chainsaw <laughs> in the background. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mike, how do we know yeah. the built is, well, the, excuse me, the voice is built in and ready to use. So basically when it's done, you will get a notification and it usually takes like, depending on, it's going to depend on the processor in your phone, the speed at which it can do this uh, and how long you leave your phone unattended for at a stretch. Right. So uh, if you, if you did it like last thing during the day and, and left it in uh, plugged in at night, it, it would be ready by the morning when you woke up again. Uh, but it, it, it can take a while to, to do that, to chug through and make that voice. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Um, have you noticed any drawbacks to these features? I guess we discussed a bit of it already, but... Yeah, well, the, the big thing is it's not, um, like, it's, it's, it's when, you, when you have, when it says things, if you're using this in the audio conference uh, and presumably a call, I've never done this on a phone call, but on a live uh, a Zoom conference, for example, I could type in what I wanted to say and then I hit enter and it would say it, but I wouldn't, I would miss whatever anyone else said while my voice was talking for me. Mm. Right. So you'd miss chunks like that could be said, you know, while someone the was maybe time. reacting. Right. And then the voice stops talking and you hear it again. Everything just clicks back on. So there's that. Also, you, you're, it's inefficient, right? Rather than talking, you're typing in what you want to say. So it's not like you'd use this just because you don't feel like talking. Right. Like it's, it's, you know, it'll slow you down. It'll, you know, do if, right. if I had to answer questions doing this, it would take longer to type in those answers. Right. So that's the kind yeah, of thing. It's not it's voice not, to voice. No, it, it's, mm. it's, you have to, you have to type in what you want to say and then it says it or pick the phrase, right. You'd feel around, pick yeah. the, the right the yeah. phrase that you prepared. Well, I mean, clearly, as you said, right at the top, this is meant for a very specific purpose. People who uh, have like inability to speak, whether it be permanent or temporarily, uh, so that the others, like us listening in, can hear them and hopefully hear their voices, as it was. But uh, I wondered, you know, down the line, if they would add it so that we can kind of toggle it like Siri, like have a full conversation back and forth. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if they'll let us use the personal voice as uh, an AI voice for an assistant or something like that. Mm. Uh, I haven't heard, or voiceover. I haven't heard of anyone able to do that. So I presume it's unavailable for those uses. This is strictly for people to use to to speak on their behalf. And uh, they do have, uh, you know, in, uh, in their videos, they did a video recently to advertise this where they had this father reading a book to his son and as the father had one of these diseases that robbed him of his voice and he was able to type in and and therefore you're able to respond like if your son asks a question in the middle of your reading you can type in your answer right as long as your son is patient in that for whatever like it makes interaction possible which otherwise you just have like a maybe a pre-recorded thing um and and it's, it's less personal but if you can actually do that and you know respond if if you know 
you know, not exactly real time, but close, uh, you know, that, that actually lets you be part of things a bit more and lets you be sort of in a conversation versus you know, giving some prepared statement kind of thing. Mm -hmm. All right, Mike. Well, this was a good conversation. Um, lots to review here. And also it feels kind of like a new thing for Apple to make this into a full-fledged feature. So we'll keep posted on how it's doing, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I'll keep an ear out for, for successes, failures. Yeah. Uh, when well, an interesting starting point, right, guys? Like, it's a, it's yeah. an interesting starting point. And efficiency yeah. as well, right? Like, as you said, sure. you know, are we able to use this, generally speaking, as a convenience thing? Eh, probably not. Well, it's Definitely Yeah, not like, it, it's one of these things that it, it's just at its beginning. But, like, well, the live speech, I mean, that Apple could have done that years and years yeah. ago. Uh, mm -hmm. There's nothing new about that, but having it as a part of an operating system just there is like usually you have to pay for apps like that. Mm -hmm. um, and and then having this personal voice, that is new. That's using the AI built into your phone mm -hmm. and uh, really demanding that processing power uh, and, and that machine learning to really turn those sentences into a voice that can literally say anything you might type in. Uh, that, that does take uh, the kind of computing power that is... Uh, it's just, it's hard to comprehend yeah. <laughs> for, for the average person. Do you know what's on the docket for next week? Well, uh, there is, yes, uh, we're getting into mental awareness time, and uh, I've got two meditation apps, one of mm. which I'll do next week. Uh, it's called Xenotizer, uh, and uh, it's it's uh, growing in popularity, uh, especially among the blind, because it, it is relatively affordable and uh, very accessible. Okay, cool. Awesome. And have you been playing with the uh, Apple Journal app? Yourself? Yes, I have. Yeah, okay. it's it's uh, doing remarkably well. I'm quite enjoying it. Certainly meets my needs. Uh, day one journal is the next one up. If people want that Cadillac experience of journal apps, then it just actually added Apple's suggestions because uh, Apple lets other apps do that. So now, oh, that's you, fun. You, you can do that in day one journal. Right? It's a so one-way street out here. We can't uh, import our day one journals into Apple, but Apple's like, take our prompts yeah, take for your journals. Use, wow. Yeah, use our AI to, to, to help your app be even better. And, Unbelievable. And totally, yeah. Apple's amazing. got its fingers in all the pots. To do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mike, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. All right, we'll see you then. Mike Fair joins us on Thursdays. We cover audio entertainment, tech, sometimes gaming, definitely a lot of reviewing on whatever the subjects are. After the break, we have Fern Lullum joining us, and we're chatting about habits. How are they formed? What makes for a good habit? How do we break the bad ones? All this in the spirit of the new year. I'm assuming. We'll see when she comes here. We'll be right back. It's Kelly and Ramia. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramya return with more in a moment. Well, you know how I love Chad GPT, Kels. I promote it everywhere. Um, I'm not sure I've ever heard you speak of Put it. Put your right. scripts through it. Right. You know, let it write for you. Make it efficient. My ChatGPT, by the way, has been formatting my scripts uh, for screen reader oh, use. It's great. It'd be and awesome to have it write the so promos. They'd show up on that's time. What I, well, that's what I was just going to say. Hey, you <laughs> killed my punchline. I was like, you know how I love ChatGPT. But the other day when Megan, our uh, visual producer, sent me a promo, a, a better version of my promo that ChatGPT wrote, I was quite offended. I was like, wow. Well, how do you think ChatGPT would feel? <laughs> so good, probably. 
No, um, because it's supposedly so perfect that way for now. It but is, of course, though. if you said that to Timing Chat and GPT, you'd say, that's what it would say. Give me time. Yeah. I'll be perfect in no time. Remember Legit. Black Mirror. Black Mirror. And also, I was like, I could have wrote this promo. That's the worst part about it, the uh, kind of uh, inferiority complex where you're like, I could have nope. written that promo. I just didn't have enough time. I know all those and words. Chat BT, GPT to that would simply write back, ha, ha. And comma, yeah, yeah. sure. It's supposed to be my friend, though. That's not part of its mandate. Anyway, oh, Kelly and really Romeo. got it trained. Let's move on. <laughs> Folks, we welcome in Fern Lullum from the UK for our bi-weekly check-in. What's on your mind? I'm Fern Lullum from the UK, and whether serious, silly, or somewhere in between, I've got you covered. Let's face it, the most effective therapy is a chat with your bestie. Today we're talking about breaking bad habits. I wonder if chat GPT use to do your promos and all your work, all right, 90% of your work, could be deemed a bad habit, no. Fern. It's a new habit. It can only be good. Maybe. <laughs> Welcome, Fernie. <laughs> oh, not hearing Fern. Can't hear so. Fern. Give it a sec. There you are, I think. We have her, but just not quite hearing her. So. All right. Hey. Make some adjustments here, tweak a little there, mm -hmm. and adjust a little there. How's that, Fern? Brilliant. Can you hear me now? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, see? That worked wonderfully. I don't know, I don't know what. He counted you in. <laughs> that was good. Well, I was, just, I was just saying, I would hate to say whether, um, you know, using ChatGPT in this way is a bad habit, because I don't want to create arguments between you so early on in the year, at least, you know. Between what, <laughs> me and Kelly or us and exactly. ChatGPT? Exactly, let's no, okay, settle well, in. Too little, let's give too ourselves some time. Yeah. I'm going to say, <laughs> they, started on, they started January the 2nd, three minutes yeah, into the on. show. <laughs> Where have you been, Fern? <laughs> So when you were talking about ChatGPT, I have to say I can uh, relate to the idea of just give me time, I'll be perfect. That's how right, right? <laughs> oh, my God. oh no! Yeah, that's all we need next is ChatGPT getting a complex, um, people pleasing for... complex. Yeah. Yes. And, and again, yes. this whole business of, of of bad habits is that kind of thing. And like, seriously, I wonder, you know, getting too used to something, getting too much, utilizing something, it, it, it can end up being working against you and being a bad habit. Exactly, yes. And as it's the new year and we're starting, you know, January has rolled around again. I don't know how it's happened, but it has. And we're all trying desperately not to break our New Year's resolutions. I thought I'd help you out and, you know, give you a helping hand to try and break those bad habits. Wow, well, this bad habit of January coming along so quick and my holidays going <laughs> so short. Oh, um, how are habits formed? Yeah, so basically, a habit is just an unconscious behavior that you do without really thinking about it, and something that is really hard to stop doing. We all know examples of this, you know, eating unhealthily, smoking, um, picking, you know, um, biting on your fingernails, uh, things like people pleasing, that's a bad habit, I'm very familiar with that one. Or, you know, checking your social media accounts in this day and age, oh, we do it all the time, don't we, can't stop. Mm. So. Ooh. How is a habit formed? Well, a habit basically is formed. It's a very like evolutionary. We're going back a long, long way to a, a very basic learning process, which is essentially this reward system that's based on positive or negative reinforcement. So what happens is you do something, you do a behavior, an action, and you feel good because of it. Because you feel good, that gives you positive reinforcement. So mm -hmm. let's say you eat a tasty piece of cake, you enjoy a tasty piece of cake, 
you get pleasure from it, you want to do it more because dopamine is released. You get all these feel-good chemicals. You want to do it again. Equally, if you get praised for doing something, then we're going back to the people-pleasing as well, especially, you know, when we're young, we're very susceptible to this. You do something, everyone claps, everyone cheers, everyone goes, oh, you're, you're amazing, or you are nice to somebody and they want to be your friend. You want to do that again because that felt good, right? And therefore, this habit is formed. Essentially, a habit is based on this idea of trigger, behavior, reward. Right. Simple as that. Yeah. Goes back to the Atomic Habits book. So good. Um, but you said positive or negative reinforcement, right? Yes. So, yeah, okay. Right. So there's the other side of it as well. What mm -hmm. might we do to make our bad habits even worse? Well, there are some very popular culprits that we can do, which is we can shame ourselves for doing the habit. So every time we do it, we can kind of have a go at ourselves and beat ourselves up. We can compare ourselves to other people because we all know what it's like to look around ourselves and think, oh, everyone else has got this together but me. Everyone else can break their bad habits, but I'm the only one not doing it. And as a result of that, that you know, both of those two things, we can label ourselves as I'm just lazy, I'm useless, I can never do anything that everyone else can do. And that isn't helping us break those bad habits. In mm -hmm. fact, it's kind of pushing us towards the bad habits because we then want to feel good and our brain goes, ah, it's okay. I know what can make you feel good. Here you go. And off you go again on that cycle of you're unconsciously doing all of these behaviors that you don't want to do. Wow. So is that how come bad habits are so hard to break or is there anything else to that too? Well, bad habits are so hard to break because doing the good habit, you know, doing something the opposite, let's say, of one of your bad habits is not giving you that same positive reinforcement. You know, we, right. we said about you know, it's negative reinforcement. We, we do it, we eat the salad, let's say, and it's not as tasty. In fact, we might really dislike the things that, we, that we're experiencing when we engage in the opposite or we do the exercise and we go, God, that didn't feel good. <laughs> that <Yeah>. felt horrible <laughs> at the time. Um, right? And so that's why it's so much hard so you it's it's easy to just think well if i can just form this unconscious cycle and do it for a bad habit i can do the same for a good habit but it, mm. it doesn't work that way because you're no. not getting that same reward right. yeah exactly like you leave the the opposite habit or the new thing that you're trying to do to replace the old one and your your brain and your body even is just craving that reward that you know already that familiarity from before so you feel this very deep lack of from not having the other habit exactly and yeah. then you just want to drift right back to what you knew of course and, and some where you get exactly. the pleasure right exactly yeah. and even if it's not pleasure right like it's just the no, familiarity no. yeah yeah um what can we do then fern what is your advice and suggestion on if we're trying to break bad habits yeah, and and this is, you know, and you brought up a really good point, I'll just quickly touch on, on what you just said. The interesting thing about habits is that after a while, because they when they cross over from being conscious to unconscious, we actually don't even need that feel-good reward oh. anymore. We just do them, you know, yeah. uh, because of familiarity. And this leads me into what we can do to break them, because 
what we can do is we can become very aware of what is happening when we engage in those habits. And so this is not necessarily to say that we stop ourselves from doing, you know, from engaging in these behaviors, but we just ask us, we become curious about them. So we ask ourselves, what do I experience when I think about doing this thing? You know, what, how do I feel in my body? Are there kind of sensations that are going on that, you know, that are happening? How do I, what am I thinking about? What do I want to get out of this? And even after the fact, we can think, what did I get out of this? You know, did I actually get what I wanted to? And so just by becoming aware, quite often what happens then, it takes time, you know, you have to do this for a while, but you slowly become disenchanted with these negative behaviors or the habits that you want to break because you realize that what is happening isn't necessarily what you want to happen. Mm. So you're not stopping yourself. You're you're saying I'm I, you know if I need to do it I will do it. But you're mm. kind of saying what what is going on here and breaking it down and becoming aware and that awareness is then breaking that habit because it's no longer this unconscious thing that where you're just like. I just did that and I don't even know why I did it or, or how it happened. You know, it just kind of happened. Um, and, and so when we become aware, we're stopping ourselves from entering that kind of autopilot cycle that we've been in for so long. I um, I remember before the pandemic, I would always check my watch. Love wearing watches. I'd always check to see what the time was. And I'd take my hand off it, turn, and someone said to me, what time is it? Oh, I had to go back and check. My brain wasn't yeah. registering. It was 100% the habit of, oh, check the watch, check the watch, check the watch. But my brain wasn't processing, oh, it's 2.15 or it's whatever it might be. Um, so if you simply try to resist in that bad habit, if, and again, that's not necessarily bad habit, but it's a habit, how come yeah. that often doesn't work? Well, yeah, this is often the answer, isn't it? Well, I just won't do it then, you know, and, and we do yeah. try and kind of uh... cognitively control our habits and we try and think ourselves out of doing it. The difficulty with this the main kind of um, enemy of doing this, if you will, is stress, because all kinds of things happen, as you probably know, uh, in your yes. life that are stressful. Um, I don't know. I, I don't experience this, but other people have said that they do. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so as that stress builds up, the prefrontal cortex, which is the part of your brain, which is kind of like the willpower, if you will, part of your brain um, that is stopping you, that is saying to you, no, you mustn't do that. You mustn't do that. That is the first First thing to go offline when you get stressed. So becomes, the thing that takes over uh, it. is this unconscious part. part of your brain that goes, oh, you know, go on. So that's why we do things like yell at our partners and things like that when we're stressed. We know it doesn't help. We don't, you know, it's it's not helping anyone really, but it makes us feel a little bit better in that moment. And so does the comfort eating or the, you know, biting your nails, whatever it is that you do, checking social media, checking your watch. It's just that comfort thing. So actually, in a way, our brain is sort of working against us because it's seeking pleasure, but seeking pleasure in the wrong ways in those yeah. moments. Is it also like protection? I, I feel like it's a much deeper conversation, friend, but you know, that self-protective, uh, I feel like we call it the lizard brain or whatever, like that, mm -hmm. you know, this is preservation as we know it. 
Yeah. And the root of what I said earlier about, you know, this trigger um, behavior reward thing is when we first started out, it would be, I see food, I eat food, I survive because of that. You know, yeah. it's good. Yeah. I, it's good for me. That is where it's coming from, a real survival fight or flight mm. part of our brain. So that's why it's so hard to break it because it's really hardwired in us. Yeah. Yeah. Centuries and centuries later, like this is legit still how we function at a very core level. How human beings work. Mm. And um, so tell us why having more awareness of our bad habits is helpful. Yeah, because, again, you you just become really aware of what you're doing. And in that way, you're, uh, the two kind of systems that I've been talking about, this prefrontal cortex part of your brain and this subconscious, you know, unconscious kind of autopilot part of your brain are building a pathway between each other. And so that means that the more you do this, the more those two parts will work together so that when you start engaging in in you know the behaviors that you you do actually want to do those will become more reinforced because you're more conscious of what you're doing and what you want to be doing and you're seeing it as more of a choice than just like oh i'm just you know walking around and I, again i'm on autopilot and i'm not really thinking about what i'm doing so we kind of want these two parts of our brains to be communicating with each other and talking to each other and that's kind of like a muscle that we're building up the more we become aware of what we're actually doing when we are engaging in our habits. Okay. All right, Fern. So to sum up, please, Fern, what do we need <laughs> to remember when it comes yes. to breaking bad habits? The million-dollar question. The first uh -huh. one is be aware of how you're treating yourself when you are engaging in any kind of habit. Are you beating yourself up? Are you shaming yourself? Um, the second thing is become like a scientist. Gather data. Become curious rather than condemning, you know, and, and just really think, what am I getting out of this? What do I want to get out of this? The more you can become aware of what's happening, the more you can change it. And lastly, just be patient with yourself. This is not going to happen overnight. Have some right. compassion. Like we said, this has been years of, uh, of being hardwired into our brains. And just see it like a, a plant that you have to water every single day mm. and watch it just grow and change over time. The human condition. That. All of our conditioning. Yes. Fern, thank you as usual. <laughs> Absolutely no problem and no bad habits, all right? Okay. Well, Fern Lullum <laughs> joining us every two weeks seems like a bad habit, but she can work on that in time. Um, like joining us, us every weekly. other Thursday. Yeah, yeah, well, that's how she avoids making it even a worse bad habit. Uh, Bi-weekly, we have uh, What in the World, uh, opposite Fern's visits with us. Okay, so hear this. A dog recently ate an absurd amount of money that was on a counter, but luckily, for at least the what? owner, they were able to bring that money back and get a hold of it. <laughs> Beth Deer's going to tell us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Beth Deer's going to tell us more on The Buzz. We'll be back. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Yeah, well, I'd love to bring this in with some kind of random cold open conversation, but we're really on the trajectory to finding out more about this dog and the cash and how the money got out and whether or not it was coins or bills how or the money US got dollars. Out. <laughs> you sure you yeah. want to hear how the money got well, out? I want to know how much money was <laughs> worth the trouble and if the health of the dog was even considered at all. So, you know, you Beth, ever think your dog would do something like that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not.
No. <laughs> no, he doesn't even put his chin up on tables. For no, food. no, that's true. He just eats drywall, doesn't he? Just he eat, yeah, but the bottom corners, right? Like, he doesn't okay. lift and... Yeah. Yeah, you know? He doesn't take the whole wall with him. He has eaten a burrito off the couch before, but I say that's fair game. If you're leaving your food well, on the that, couch, yeah, that wasn't wrapped in money, too, so... It wasn't wrapped at all. My brother was really upset about that. Anyway. <laughs> An unwrapped burrito sitting on the couch. Oh, it was on a plate. Okay. It was okay, on okay. a plate on a couch. Sorry, I, I had like, a bad what? image. Yeah, okay. Why would you why would you tempt the dog like that? That's on you. Um Beth Deer, she's always leaving us with these teases and we're like coming into the conversations going, Tell us, tell us what happened. So And the audience is saying that to us too. What the heck yeah, are you talking stop about? Making a up burrito on a couch? Of your own assumptions. No, that's serious. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh no, I believe it. Beth, I believe it. Beth is joining us for the enough. buzz. Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays at the bottom of the first hour, we get to talk to Bill Shackleton usually, but as he's away, we've got Beth filling in and she's got as many interesting stories to bring to the table. So is that where we're starting, Beth, or are you going to further tease us by no, bringing something else? No, that was uh, that was what we were finishing. You guys always use me. Are you yeah, serious? I'm sorry. Why well, does yeah, Jeff put in have... the liner for the last story? I don't know why he does it, and I'm going to be completely <laughs> honest with you guys. What I do when I come into these is I like write myself kind of like little like snippet notes. I'll mm. like read the story. And um, I've lost my notes for the dog story. No. <laughs> no, you can't do oh, this. We'll have to wait until tomorrow. Yeah, I no, I was going to say, we'll dismiss so you until you come back. So, so, Beth, were you yelling, say, shut sure up? Were you yelling, shut up to us? Stop it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if Stop it. You thought we weren't even going to get to the story, maybe. She was going to keep us talking and talking in the first two stories and not even get to our favorite one. Oh, yeah, God. Either way, though, I will make sure you either have the answer by the end of the by the end of the segment, or it will be the first thing we talk about tomorrow. Unreal. I but it's okay, okay though, because <laughs> what I am bringing you is still pretty interesting, and I'll be really surprised if you guys haven't actually already heard about it. Um, Romeo doesn't seem to be news. interested in pretty. Yeah, I'm gonna wait. <laughs> I'm gonna wait around for the She dog wants story. the messy money dog story. <laughs> Well, okay. Rama, don't it. worry. Right. You will okay. have the answers by the end of the week. Yeah, the the um, dog's even I, awake I, and like, listening. I, we really banked on this I'm one, Beth. I'm honest to you guys. I don't pun. know Bank. what happened. Money. Bank. I don't know where my notes have gone for it. Anyway, um, <laughs> speaking of dogs eating things, though, just in case yeah. you guys were wondering, um, we have found the rest of the toy that Patronus ate the other day. Oh, my God, um, the rest of it. More than the ear? Wasn't yeah. it an ear that we were looking for? It was an ear, Kelly, but it was like, the size of my hand. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness! So, yeah, like it a was life a lot. I like called toy. guide dogs, and they were like, <sighs> "Um, he needs to go to the vets. This is much bigger yeah. than we oh, were anticipating." <laughs> oh, so know, it wasn't just po -po. chewed up, but it was found. It was dealt with. Oh boy. Yeah. It, yeah we have to it remove was found this. in the backyard um, in yeah. something. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, that was a rough yeah. toy. Wow. Toy situation. Yeah. Wow. I'm sure he complained about the other. That's that's beyond money and safe. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> um, so, Enough I teasing. promise, I do still have interesting stories for you guys. Oh, um, that one was good. Said, We're going to have a talk be, with Jeff. Carry uh, I'll on. I'll be really, really surprised if you guys have not heard about this. Um, the Boeing 737 MAX 9 plane that basically like exploded a panel fell out the panel was the size of a fridge landed in some random man's yard in portland and 
when he found it, he was like, oh my goodness, like I've heard this story on the news, like people are looking for this piece, like this is part of a plane. Um, so crazy, I guess they've realized that a lot of the same planes, so like the 737 MAX 9s, have all had loose bolts, not all of them, but a lot of them have been found to have loose mm -hmm. bolts, which I'm like, how do you build an entire plane and let it fly knowing that like multiple of the same plane has loose bolts? Like, I just, I, uh, I really and I hope can't. That's the only. That. For whatever reason, that department, the whoever tightens those, whatever, however that process is, I hope that's the only area, but I bet you, because obviously safety-wise, they have to go over the whole plane and check all boats. Well, the thing that's so crazy, I mean, there's a lot of things in the story that I'm just like, oh my goodness, like mm -hmm. none of this makes any sense, and it makes me very nervous, but... I guess they had been warned about this plane, um, as in the pilots and the crews, and having the plane instructed not to fly long distances and not to fly over water, which if you're instructing a plane not to fly somewhere, like, is that not, like, cause enough to not let the plane Keep fly it at all? on the ground. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And I guess the pressurization lights had gone off three separate times in other flights. So obviously the cabin wasn't holding pressure, which means there's a leak mm -mm. somewhere. And they're just like, ah. nah, like, let's keep flying the plane. Yeah, like how is this oh. a negotiable, you know? Like, uh, I know. can't do this, but we can get away with that. I, to me, this is startling. And, and what blows your mind mm -hmm. is how lucky having nobody in that aisle of seats like that's just yeah like that answering. did that think, enough of a thing, red though, flag right they actually did not specify that there wasn't anyone sat there which i would have assumed like reading the article i would have assumed that was kind of like the first thing that they would specify right. like don't worry like there was no one sat like where the explosion happened where the panel fell out another thing they did mention in the article is the fact that there was three children under two on board which if you have a child under two you don't have to buy them their own seat so they are on your lap and you know they are your responsibility the entire time to keep them safe to keep them from crawling onto other people i've done it it's terrible don't do it <laughs> um, but when something like this happens, it literally is just up to their care caregiver, their parents, whoever's holding on to them to make sure that like they don't have a seatbelt. Like it really is like up to the strength of that person to make sure that that baby's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so frightening. It oh. is. It is. Oh. And I, I feel like, um, uh, like, you know, other conversations in similar veins, right? Like, whose responsibility is it? And also, should we be, like, as passengers, taking on responsibility that really should be the accountability of the 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 flights that we're paying for? You know, the insurance of that. Isn't that what you pay for? Literally. You pay to know that this plane like, is safe? I don't know anything about a plane. Am I issue. supposed to assume no. that I'm now going to start diagnosing my flight ride? Like, what? Yeah, yeah. Excuse me, Mr. Pilot. I'm just going to check these uh, switches. I will say, though, we're lucky here in Canada. We do not use the 9 or, like, Max 9 or whatever it's called. Like, there's no companies here that use it. But, like, I don't know if you guys ever have, but I know for sure that I've traveled down to the States and they then take in domestic flights within the States. Yeah. So, like, yeah. it's not... I mean, like, it's, it's like the Tesla's all over again. One of us could again. be caught on there. Right. 
But it's like the Tesla's so all terrifying. over again, right? Like where, you know, they send out the product, we buy it, we're not car experts, and then, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks into it, they're like, okay, yeah, millions of Teslas need to be pulled off the street because whatever wasn't checked properly. You know, quality yeah, check. I mean, Does cars like for me, it's funny because cars, there's always recalls, but not always are they of what'll kill you. But again, with an airplane, there's the a, not a lot of room for forgiving. Exactly. Like, there's a lot, exactly. and they put, like, there's a lot of stress. That and there's a, so much stress put on a plane. Oh my God! And it's yeah. flying, terrifying. So People are terrified to begin with. Yeah. Let alone having to do And what are you going to do? Flies out there. Yeah. Well, and what are you going to do? As you guys said, we we don't know anything about a plane. A car, at least people can walk around, kick your tires. You can lift. Yeah. You, you, so you can't then, learn right? enough to do stuff, but you certainly can't with an airplane. Yeah, but with the scale of things allowed. these days, the scale of things these days, I mean, you would assume that quality checking has gone, you know, so rigorous that we wouldn't have to be pulling millions of cars off the street because something was so overlooked to such a scale. Such a I, yeah, I that's exactly it. And like, yeah. I honestly, I don't even know what I would do in this situation, but it's like, yes, you can recall cars, but like, what about like all of the passengers that were on that plane? Like one lady said, she um, took her phone off airplane mode and called her mum and was like, "Mum, I love you. The plane's exploded. Oh my I don't know God. what's going to happen. Oh, my gosh, and yeah. they no. were obviously able to land safely and no one was actually hurt, like, so shockingly. Like, how? We're like, talking hundreds of people understand. in yeah. these cases, too. Like, yeah. uh, like the plane in, in Japan where the fire, where the two planes collided mm -hmm. and the fire. Getting 300 people off a plane, it's, I don't even conceive how you in could do that. In that stress and anxiety level? You know, where people have I know. pretty much Older, decided that younger. they're dead. Gosh. Well, that's okay. just it, too. Like, you actually do see your li life, like, flash before your oh, eyes. it's like, done I for you. you guys, when I came to Toronto in November, I had the worst turbulence on that flight that I've ever had in my life. I, one, thought I was going to throw up because mm -hmm. it was just, like, the most insane roller coaster ride I've ever been on. But, two, like, I, I've flown tons tons in my 25 years of life and never have i been scared i've always been a very like confident flyer i've never had any worries nothing but the turbulence was so bad that patronus actually came oh. off of the floor when the plane dropped yeah of course <laughs> his head on the seat oh, like above him oh hitting like, the air pocket it was terrifying and that's just yeah. turbulence like can you imagine how terrified these poor people well, and they been? went over 20 like, minutes what do you guys 20, 20... think you would have done well the, they went over 20 minutes with with that thing open yes. before that plane could get down mm -hmm. yes. i couldn't even imagine that yeah. No, at that point, I mean, we've watched enough movies, we've heard enough horror stories, we already know the fears of flying to begin with. At that point, you're just surrendering yourself to death, right? You're not thinking hopeful at all. So 100%. that phone call, pretty like, much, that, that one passenger made, that kind of sums it up for me. Like, I'd be like, okay, <laughs> this was nice. <laughs> God. Yeah, and, yeah. like, did I, I didn't say in the article, but like i'm really interested to know like did any of those passengers receive any refunds any like if there were passengers that were you know mentally private scarred, jets like, like for the rest of their of... lives oh yeah exactly um, like what is this airline kidding me poor people yeah maybe a personal jet to use no forget it, i'll walk okay Beth, fine. You can leave this convo not having brought up the dog and the cash, and uh, we'll be having a separate conversation with Jeff Ryman, but also we'll hopefully get to that tomorrow, okay?
Okay, absolutely. I'll make sure I bring you guys the answer to that tomorrow. I have read the story, <laughs> just pregnancy brain. I can't remember the answer, and my notes okay. have disappeared. Sorry, right. tomorrow all right. you'll That's have all, right, all the notes. And don't worry about it. We'll just continue making yeah, up. Yeah, we'll the make story up stories anyway. and add in like our own that. stories and make it all anecdotal yeah. and love that. Make everybody pissed. <laughs> Bye. Bye, you guys. Beth Deer joins us on The Buzz in place of Bill Shackleton, Wednesday, Thursdays, Fridays, to cap off this first hour. Um, coming up in the second hour, we have our weekly roundtable with host of the Globe and Mail today on AMI-audio, Corinne Van Dusen. Kelly's got topics for us. Also, during our accessible gaming segment, Marcus McCracken is telling us how he's been doing with the latest MK Mortal Kombat game. But up next, what foods contribute to maintaining a strong immune system? That's what we're chatting with uh, about with Mary Mammoliti. We'll be right back. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. January 11th. Wow. Just way into the two digits now of the year. It's pretty milestone-y. Speaking of milestones, lots of milestones to celebrate when you're a broadcaster, like hitting a really nice post like I did before the last break. In case you didn't notice, I thought, uh, you know, you could go yeah, back and Yeah, you did a good job. A great job. Fantastic. No, 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 it's, it's only good. Those <laughs> in the broadcast industry were it all... It was yeah, perfect. That was a good post. 101 bonus points for flailing and then um, making it through the flail. Flail. Yeah. I may not be able to say my words no, correctly, no, you, but I can the, hit a post the, the, now. Yeah, and the flailing's just editing. <laughs> okay. that's, oh, that's another way of saying it. I, I, I forget, I'm not going to say the rest of this. No, don't. <laughs> be nice. <laughs> Kelly McDonald, yeah. Ramia Amazon. Second hour of the show. Uh, Ramya Muthan noted otherwise as good poster. Anyway, folks, uh, <laughs> it's time because it's Thursday. We get cooking with Mary Mammoliti of Kitchen Confession. If you're like me, the kitchen is your favorite room in the house. I'm Mary Mammoliti here with a handful of goodies from my kitchen, including food trends, cooking tips, and of course, some delicious recipes. Ah, boy, we get to settle in with Mary for the first time this year. Always a pleasure because, because what? She's talking food always with us, ladies and gentlemen, as that winter chill sets in. It's not just the cold weather we have to brace ourselves for. It's the sneeze, inducing, <laughs> sniffles, causing cold and flu season, too. But your kitchen might be that superhero hideout that you never knew of. Wow. We're talking about a moon, 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 boosting foods and flu season remedies out there that uh, will kick those winter bugs uh, to the curb. Now, Mav, just so you oh, know. that was fantastic. Yeah. I am aware that was supposed to be your lines, the last one, and I did not do my full Mary imitation, but it's enough putting people to shame. Like, come on, you know. Um, Mary, wow. what, what foods what foods contribute oh, to making a, maintaining a strong You want to tell us Mary's answers yourself as well, or? Oh, no, no. Come on. Mary's got, Mary gets paid. She's got to do something for God's sake. Okay. Actually, it would help me because my voice is probably going to crack throughout this. Uh, don't just tell regained... us you lost it. Don't tell us I happen to lose my notes beforehand. We've had enough of that today. No, no, no. My voice, my voice. It's back. I lost it for almost two weeks. Oh, good and, grief. Uh, it's we, back. You should have had the new, uh, uh, you should have been using your iPhone then. 
Yeah, and the real, the real voice exactly. <laughs> feature we talked about today. Okay. okay, Mary. Yeah, tell us. Yeah, tell let's us. hear that okay. voice. I want to start, we want to dive into the pantry, fridge, and we want to plan your meals to include some of these powerful immune system boosters. And the first one that comes to mind, and everyone's familiar with this one, is citrus. Right? So most people turn to vitamin C after they've caught a cold. Now, this is because it helps build up your immune system. Many right. citrus fruits, they're high in vitamin C. So with so many to choose from, it's easy to add a little squeeze of this vitamin to any meal. I want to do the sound effects like Kelly did, but I can't do it. Um, Fine, he'll do so, it later. Okay. Yeah. We'll edit them in some later. Pop, yeah, <laughs> some popular options of citrus fruits are orange, tangerines, clementines, grapefruit, lemons, and limes. And then we've got under the veggie umbrella. So run to the veggie category. The first thing that comes to mind, bell peppers. And the reason why is because they're high in vitamin C, especially red peppers. So a cup of chopped red bell peppers, it contains, ready for this, nearly three times more vitamin C than an orange. Get out. Right? Wow. So it does. Oh, it does. my goodness. Why wow. have we never known this? Because you hate right? vegetables. No. Okay, that's fair, yeah. <laughs> I did have peppers in my nachos yesterday. Carry on. They don't pack. And the reason why they pack this the most nutrition is because they've been on the vine the longest. There are so many different types of bell peppers, or colors rather, of bell peppers, right? You've got red, which is really sweet. It's one of the sweetest of all of them because, again, it's been hanging on that vine much longer than the orange, the yellow, the green. So if you do like green peppers, nope, no problem with that. The only thing is, remember, they're harvested earlier before they have a chance to turn yellow, orange, and then the beautiful red, which means aside from the coloring, is that the vitamin uh, level is different for each one. And that's why the red bell pepper just packs that most nutrition mm. out of all of them. Mm. Broccoli. Broccoli. Do you love broccoli? I love broccoli. Broccoli is good. I like you, it. Yep. 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 Right? It's supercharged with vitamins and also minerals. So it's packed with vitamins A, C, and E, as well as fiber. You know I love my fiber. And then many other antioxidants. So that's another one to think about in terms of immune boosting. The key to keeping any fruit or veggies vitamins power is, it's, it, the key to keeping the vitamin power intact, it's to cook it as little as possible. Better yet, eat it raw, don't cook it at all. So if, wherever you can eat it raw, do that. If you want the full vitamin benefit of that fruit or vegetable. Do you do that? Mary, yeah. do you, are you? I, I, I like the only thing I find with both cauliflower Broccoli, I'll get eating, and I find I get tickle in the throat from it. Like it oh, makes okay, me, I gotta okay. have, make sure I have a better. It's just I chew it up, and it's just just that. But oh, I've always heard how good it is, and I do, I do enjoy it raw. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say like a tickle in your belly, like it upsets your belly, because a lot of people do no. complain about that. Oh, but no, if you, I don't. Yeah, if you blanch it or, or steam it a little bit beforehand, it'll help with that. Mm. But it's nice because with raw broccoli and cauliflower and stuff, you can then start adding like healthy dips, right? Like hummus or mm -hmm. uh, av avocado. Yeah, guac. Healthy. I know I wasn't going to go for like the garlic yeah, sauce and ranch. Not, not why Mary's here. <laughs> no. You was going to say That's that later, later on at home. <laughs> yeah. Like what you actually do and what you're saying you can go but for I do, versus I do what love you hummus. do. I genuinely do yeah, I mean, love yeah, hummus Hummus is awesome. With yeah. And hummus is just beautiful with any of these, um, Mary. Exactly. I'm not really big on, on peppers, but you, you use hummus. Oh, it's wonderful. And guac. Okay. But try red mm -hmm. red peppers with, dip that into a spinach dip. 
Yeah. I'm telling you, it's too. a game yeah. changer. Yeah, Even no, you both like stuff like Greek, and... Greek yogurt, right? Like, yeah. You know, honestly, you can add a, a bunch. Um, a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. How about garlic? People talk about garlic uh, resisting and destroying viruses. Would you add this to the list of immune-boosting foods? You better say yes. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. Good. Absolutely. Add it to your meals wherever you can. Right, so garlic, it's been used as an antiseptic, antibacterial, antifungal agent for years. And it may help the body resist or destroy viruses and other microorganisms. So I definitely add it. Add garlic. It it does this, it does its magic by boosting the immune system. So try adding a little clove of garlic a day, maybe to your meals. Salad dressings, if you want to consume it raw, I love it in some salad dressing. Um, it just it packs such a beautiful flavor. It does. So good. It's it. I mean, I mean, I love the you know when you get roasted garlic or whatever. But garlic itself, a nice bud, uh, it's just so wonderful. All right, what are some mm -hmm. sore throat home remedies? Like, I mean, that'll soothe that raw, dry, itchy throat out there. Yeah. After these last two weeks, I can uh -huh. say I'm an expert at this one. <laughs> I was waiting. Oh, yeah. I, I like your first one here because I had a cold last week and it's beautiful to use it. Right. It does. It helps. So my first one is honey. You mix mm. it with tea or taken on its own is a common remedy for sore throat. Right. So raw honey, it soothes inflammation naturally, which is so beautiful. It tastes so good. So to truly gain from taking raw honey, for your sore throat, what you want to do is take anywhere from but a teaspoon to a tablespoon, I'd say maybe once or twice a day, and that'll give you a, a beautiful relief. And it coats the throat. It's just so good. Um, next, a saltwater gargle. I don't know if either of you have tried this at yep, all. all the but time. over the yeah. years, mm -hmm. I've done this. Oh, yeah. 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 So gargling with warm water, warm salt water, warm salt water. There we go. I got it out. It can help soothe a sore throat by helping to reduce the bacteria within the throat. So to make this, you wanna make your saltwater solution by adding half a teaspoon of salt to a full glass of warm water. Gargle with it, and honestly, it'll help reduce some of the swelling and then keep the throat clear. Oh, I've Next. definitely added way more salt yeah. to the point where I couldn't even feel my tongue anymore. And that's when I was so sick that I didn't feel my tongue to begin with. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of salt. Wow. And, I, and I have <laughs> not used, happened. I, just I like, have not uh, even used what you suggested, Mary. my throat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've used too little. True. Um, okay. A pinch of yeah. salt and a glass of water. Yeah, it's true. A pinch, a dash, a dab, whatever you want to call it. I've unfortunately not. Oh, I God. see you like, holy good grief! I'm really, like if I could have had that salt much with the amount of salt I put oh. into what? Not good. Okay, let's go with <laughs> your half a teaspoon. So then you, you both better bookmark that last little <laughs> yeah. recipe for salt, gargle, and, and salt. And rum, double the water too while you're at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get a full glass. You can't trust me with salt. I honestly over salt everything. Uh, okay. Is this a family problem? <laughs> mm-hmm. 100%. Okay. <laughs> Chamomile tea. This is my favorite. So it has anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, and anti-stringent properties. So drinking chamomile tea, it can stimulate the immune system to help your body treat the infection that caused your sore throat. Also, I love having a cup of chamomile tea at night because it just, it, it soothes everything. I go to bed, I just, I seem to sleep a little better. That's magic. Yeah. It really is. Peppermint. So peppermint, it's not only used to freshen the breath, although we love it, um, it also has anti-inflammatory properties. And 
some antibacterial and antiviral qualities. So peppermint contains compound methyl, which helps thin mucus and calm sore throats and coughs. I got through that. Yeah. <laughs> Peppermint's a good one. It just, it smells like, you know, medicinal as well. It feels like it's clearing your it sinuses. Mm -hmm. It does. And there's so many teas out there. But if you want to try making your own, place some dried peppermint leaves in boiled water. Let that mixture sit for a little while or in a few minutes. And then after, just pass it through, strain it. And then to remove the, the uh, peppermint tea, the peppermint leaves from the water and then let it cool slightly and just enjoy it. It is so good. Nice. One, yeah, another one that I have been using religiously, which I found has really helped, is organic elderberry syrup. I don't know if either oh, of you have heard of this. We've no, heard of it, but I've never good. tried it. Okay, I honestly, this has been a savior for me because again, I have high blood pressure, so I can't take most cough syrups out there mm -hmm. on right. the market. This has been my savior. So traditionally, it's used in herbal medicine to help fight colds, sore throats, coughs, and fevers. I love this stuff. But again, with everything that I'm mentioning, check with your doctor. Or if, if the yeah. symptoms persist, continue to go visit your doctor. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Right? Yep. 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 We Obviously. are not doctors. Mary, yeah. run yeah. us through the recipe quick of uh, making your own homemade stock slash broth. Okay. This one's easy. Um um, it's a vegetable stock. If you want to turn it into a chicken, all you have to do is just add the bones of a, a rotisserie chicken from the grocery okay. store. You're good. Mm. A large onion, yellow, white, red, whatever you have handy. One or I'd say two medium carrots, two stalks celery, two tablespoons olive oil. Saute that up in a pan. Add some about three cloves of garlic. Saute that all together. And then I want you to add in two cups of, if you have it, Clean vegetable scraps. So what I do is I, whatever I cut onions or carrots or whatever it is, I put it in a bag and I put it in my freezer. And with that, I just freeze it and then I make stock with it. Okay. What I want you to do, you add that. So you add two cups of those clean vegetable scraps if you have them. A third diced tomatoes, 11 to 13 cups of cold water, one to two bay leaves, mm -hmm. a half cup of fresh parsley, um, maybe even a couple of sprigs of thyme if you have it. it tastes beautifully. Some salt fresh black pepper, bring that all to a boil in a huge stock pot, bring it all to the boil on top of your stove and let that, I don't, I don't want a, lo a long boil. I don't want a rolling boil, something where it's really, um, really quick. Mm. You want to hear that soft little boil to it because the reason is you want all the flavors to melt together. So you want it on a simmer after for about an hour, strain it, jar it, put it in the fridge, use it and enjoy it. It's so awesome there. Oh, man. Lovely. Mary, thanks a lot as usual. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Great stuff today. <clears throat> After all that, Mary, we feel better just talking about it. Right? I know. I know. You're welcome. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's helped people that are right now healing. Check out Mary's discussions and recipes at uh, kitchenconfession.com and find the Kitchen Confession podcast wherever you subscribe to podcasts. We're taking a quick break and coming back to chat accessible gaming with Marcus McCracken. He's checked out the new Mortal Kombat. I'm really excited to hear his reviews on it. We've also got some samples of him playing. So that's what we'll get to after the break on Kelly and Ramia. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. Welcome 
Welcome back. It's Kelly and Ramia, AMI-audio, AMI-tv, and podcasts is where you can find our show. We're here every weekday with a brand new episode and two hours of content and conversation. Kelly McDonald and Ramia Amuthan here. On the second Thursday of the month, we like to check in with Marcus McCracken. He is a, a blind gamer and he tries out all kinds of games. He brings us guests to talk about gaming with them as well. And we just get to some interesting uh, insights throughout the year with him. So, Marcus, we ended off at the end of 2023 talking to you and Brendan about um, the uh, the game. Oh, now I can't Forza. think of what it is. Forza. Forza Motorsport. Yeah, and that was really, really cool uh, talking to both of you about that. And today you want to talk about Mortal Kombat. So... Did you do a lot of gaming during the holidays? I'm new still gaming. doing a lot of gaming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but new gaming? Um, any um, new games come your way? The Mortal Kombat's the newest for me. I just downloaded the trial, and right off the bat, it caught me off guard. I was not expecting the, the, the load-up screen to tell me I could enable or disable the screen reader. Oh. So that right there caught me off, right off guard. Okay, so it just came in like that? That was the Yeah, first... as soon as it loaded up. Oh, as soon as okay. the game loaded up, it was right there. So nice. I was able to do everything without any adjustments to the screen resolution or asking anybody for help to read the menus. Wow. It read every menu. Fantastic. Wow. And, and, and that really must have surprised the heck out of you. Like, it must have just blown you away. Yeah. Considering I've been playing Mortal Kombat since <laughs> way back Forever. in the 90s. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. that was a real surprise that I could pick up the combat game again and actually play it. But you um, had been hearing, I'm assuming, because it's been everywhere, the the kind of accessibility that Mortal Kombat was building in for blind and low vision yeah. gamers, yeah? Yeah, I've heard it. I've read some of the articles over at uh, caniplaythat.com. Mm -hmm. This is just the first time that I actually downloaded, installed it, and was yeah blown away just by the trial. Okay, so... Can, can, okay, hold on. What about that resource you just mentioned? Caniplaythat.com. I... I'm not sure I've heard you mention it before. Yeah, true. Um, they are uh, blind accessibility, well, not just blind, but accessibility consultants within a video game journalists, and they send out reviews on the games that they've tried out, and it, it currently in reviews now. And anyone can review that? Anyone who's played, or we're talking specifically consultants I, from the game? I'm pretty sure it's just a consultant journalist okay. for that website. That sounds like an excellent resource. Really cool. Yeah. Does it ever? Yeah. Wow. And so, well yeah, written, cover... probably broken down pieces, I would imagine, that really yeah, break it do. down for you to understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They cover all the consoles, including PC. We're going to listen to a clip that you sent us of you gaming uh, or playing the latest iteration of Mortal Kombat. Which, which one is it, by the way? It's Mortal Kombat 1. It's the newest. Okay. And you were playing it on what console? Uh, the PlayStation 5. Okay, perfect. So we're going to uh, check that out in a second. But before that, debrief us at least a little bit. What is the accessibility like? The clip that you're going to hear, um, I've got all the audio cues enabled. So mm -hmm. you're going to hear rapid tapping, which is telling me where my enemy is at that precise moment. The faster it gets, the closer I am. If it slows down, that means they either got away from me or I got lost. There are different audio cues, uh, such as when you get blocked or you're blocking, you'll hear the, those different cues as well. I did not have those ones turned up as much because I I don't really care if I block or anything. Right. But, but those are pretty much the ones you'll be so uh, recognizing. The, the ones, before we run this, I just wanted to get this in my mind here. 
the one that lets you know how close you are. We, when you listen to this, because obviously we're we're not in the stereo sound that probably people would notice. Can that direct you exactly to where they are because of the way the sound is? The, the if you're using surround or even just normal stereo sound, let's say. Yeah, you will be able to tell what direction of uh, whichever setup you have. So if it's to the left, that's exactly where your audio is going to go, or to the right. And if it stays right in the center, that's exactly where your audio will be, okay. is right in the center. Mm -hmm. So it it will depend on your audio setup, but you will notice a difference regardless. Okay, and we're not going to get story mode in this clip, but uh, there was audio description in story mode or anything like that? They actually do have an audio description for fatalities. And if you're familiar yes. with Mortal Kombat, um, that's where they will have that. I did not realize to turn that on. I've never been good at fatalities anyways, but that is in the game. <laughs> I have watched a couple of videos. It's brutal just listening to how they describe yeah, it's the gross. fatality. It is oh, wow. gross. If you couldn't get how gross this game is from the sound and how... Um... What do you? What's another word for gross? Anyways, you'll you'll get it from the fatalities <laughs> descriptions. Pretty savage. I think, I think gross works. <laughs> it's way more than gross. Like I'll uh -huh. get another synonym. Authentic? No. <laughs> um. Yeah. So let's listen to the clip then. Revolting, wow. sickening. Wow, yeah. that's wild. I, also, the I'm listening to the closeness and the further. Oh, getting close. But the fighting going on that would take a bit of that getting used to. And I know, obviously, with us not having it in stereo, so, oh, it's getting away. It's going away. Um, yeah. yeah, those are some very authentic sounds. They they're real. They bring you really up. Well, I don't want to say realistic. I haven't been in this situation to judge, and I know they're embellished by the game and TV and whatever, what we're used to hearing, but you certainly hear that tearing. Good sword work. You hear? Yeah, and the thing is, Mortal Kombat in general is a very audio-heavy game. Or I yeah. guess you could say that about any fighting game, but Mortal Kombat specifically, because I just have so much uh, experience listening to people play, that it's super heavy. Did you notice any differences? Because you said you've played forever, like decades now, Marcus. Uh, did you notice any specifically different um, sound positioning or binaural experience with the sound? The sound for me was all uh, an experience using the accessibility cues. Okay. Um, because when I was playing Mortal Kombat back in the day, it was on like a PlayStation. Oh, and now yeah. I'm playing on a, a next generation console. So everything's going to be enhanced, especially for the next gen. So the audio cues, oh. when I do purchase this game, that's what I'm going to pay attention to because I, I want to be able to learn what all those cues are besides just the, the rapid tapping of where I am on the screen. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, even that quality just of that is pretty amazing. And, and what really sounds like it was one of the things that impressed you the most. Yeah, it was nice to know where my enemy was at all times. Yeah. Wow. Um, do you have any reservations or challenges with the way that they've set up these audio cues and and uh, extra accessibility features i personally do not like i don't use all of them um i could 
for an example, I would use in Forza. I don't use a lot of them now from our last segment. I've turned a lot of them off. So it all depends on the individual, what you want to use. And the ability to turn up um, individual audio cues makes a huge mm -hmm. difference. If you don't want for one sure. all the way up and you can pay attention to, say, the tapping, you can do it that way as, as well. So it makes a huge like a difference new, depending on because a newcomer would probably put everything up, and that would be might be uh, for someone like yourself. Now mention that I'm okay with this. I don't need the description for that. I want that. Um, what choices to have? So for someone who's played it without this stuff for the, the accessibility, I'm talking um, for so long, and then reads up on this, sees that the accessibility is there. Is there anything else, first of all, that we should know that may be out there for other disabilities, or anything else you learned that may not necessarily be something you would use? but that these guys have have it in the bag and, and included this in the package. I did not get a chance to honestly go right into the deep dive right. of the accessibilities. As soon as my trial ran up, right at the end of that video, you'll see a cutscene, and that's when it stopped me. Um, you can check out caniplaythat.com, but I do plan on purchasing this, and I would like to touch Based back on this title um, in the future yeah. regarding the other accessibilities. Got to know uh, Mortal Kombat is fully loaded. Yeah, especially to uh, get your reactions on the uh, descriptions of fatalities. But the other thing is, too, I often wonder about this, okay, because people, blind and low vision people, have been playing Mortal Kombat, such as yourself. Uh, for years now in the iterations of the game where audio wasn't that great or um, there were no accessibility implementations right into the game and the experience. So now I wonder, with all this stuff being offered, and you know, you mentioned a, a reasonable amount of stuff that would change the experience while you're fighting, right? While you're actually gaming, um, maybe even your use of the controller and things like that. I wonder if people would be hesitant to even check this or or utilize it because you're so used to playing without all that stuff and just making the game work for yourself. Do you ever feel that way, Marcus, about specific games? I, honestly, I have on certain games. Yeah. And, but also at the same time, I find myself trying a whole lot of new games um, from major studios and smaller studios just i want to be able to game sure. in order to do that you got to experiment and i've had luck and i've had no luck and now that i've got co-pilot features on both my consoles i'm playing a lot of games with my wife which is getting me really big back into the gaming mm. as well so oh. that makes a huge difference too it makes a huge difference yeah. and to try new games with newly built accessibility that's cool because you know you don't know a previous version of that game and a previous experience of you playing that game. But I often wonder about big games that are already out there that the newer additions being accessible where people are like, you might put it on for a second or two and then think like, uh, this is not how I play this game. I'm I'm so used to playing it this other well, way. It's almost like it relearning it yeah. so much, isn't you have to it? Well, allow it is yourself like relearning to. it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. be cool with that. Mm -hmm. Interesting stuff, Marcus. Uh, do you want to quickly tell us about what we can expect next month from you? Yes, a game near and dear to my heart that brought me back into the gaming uh, is, as as the dust falls, The Last of Us Part Two is what I started playing, what brought me back into gaming. Okay. They have recently remastered it for the PlayStation 5, and it's coming out next week, actually. So I will be, I, chances are I'll have that beat before our next segment. Nice. Uh, fully accessible, even on the PlayStation 4, and they've added probably a lot more features as they did to the first one as they remastered the first uh the last of us as well and i 
have that already and I've completed it. So I'm looking forward to next week's okay, title cool. and talking about it next month. Awesome. Thanks, Marcus. Beautiful. Well, enjoy gaming and uh, we'll chat then in February. All right. Have a good one. Marcus McCracken joins us monthly on the show to talk accessible gaming. Today we featured Mortal Kombat, one of the bigger names of the games that we can talk about. After the break, we have the weekly roundtable. Kelly McDonald has picked some topics for us, myself and Corinne Van Dusen, who joins us bi-weekly on the show anyways to talk entertainment, will be up with us to go through the roundtable. We'll be right back. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. My dog is not demanding at all for like three quarters of the show, but then there's one point where he will just start demanding pets. It's, <laughs> it's a TV thing, I think. I think he knows that he's on TV and he needs his 15 seconds of fame. So. Waiting to get my star on the Walk of Fame here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which camera should we look at? Anyways. Yeah, over here or over here? Yeah, he's Puppy yawning. Action. He's very tired. Yeah. He's oh, I'm sure. Sleeping all day is exhausting. Is this show not over yet? Gosh. <laughs> time right, flies when well, you're a dog. Along. Okay, yeah, Yeah, thanks. man, it's time. I just woke up from a doggy dream, and somebody was talking about these roundtable things, which means the end was close. So let's bring <laughs> it on, ladies and gentlemen, the weekly conversation we do on Thursdays. It's the weekly roundtable. Isn't it convenient that we have a roundtable? Well, it's actually it oval. Just you, say yeah. it. The blind guy feels it now, goes, <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess it is oval. Kind of oval. And away we go, folks. Every Thursday we do this, facilitated by myself. I find some different topics to talk about. It's an open conversation, nothing right or wrong in the opinions shared. We just like to get a few moments to talk about some of these things that I throw out there. Uh, Rummy, of course, is here. And we welcome in the host of the Globe and Mail show, Corinne Van Dusen, of course, over on AMI-audio, and she co-hosts that with Mike Ross. Corinne, hello. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. So do you mind if uh, the start of the new year requires a little bit of boasting? Um, we had sent out to us via the communications department a wonderful item about yourself, Mike, and the Globe and Mail show. Um, my understanding is the writer, the, the interviewer, to do this written piece, which we'll get you to explain a bit more, spent time with you guys, went over different things, captured, as far as I could tell, within the piece, your personality is really well. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Yes, it was Tom Cardoso, who is the writer of that piece. He spent time with both myself and Mike at our uh, places. There are two pictures of us and how we record because we both record from home mm. and we put the show together together. So uh, it's mentioned in the piece that I record at uh, Studio D because it's Studio Dining Room because <laughs> that's, where, that's where I set up. Uh, and did you want me to talk a bit more about the piece? I wouldn't mind because yeah. I'd like people to go and read it. And it's a lengthy piece. It's nice. Mm -hmm. We actually read it on the... Um, the Globe and on Mail today, <laughs> and nice. we went back and forth. So Mike read his quotations, I read my quotations. Uh, it has to do a lot about putting the show together. Um, I don't drink coffee in the morning, which is a point oh. that is made. In that. Yes, I drink hot water, and I'm up at 4.30 in the morning, and I put everything together, but I've 
said a lot of times in my life, I'm a huge proponent of naps. So uh, true. <laughs> you can take naps. We talked about how we set up our scripts. Um, we talked about like how we choose the articles and how we can record together, even though where he's in uh, Durham region, I'm in Toronto area. So it was, it was really fun. And it was really interesting to find out what the writer, what Tom picked out of the interviews, because you talk to people like I, you've done interviews where you talk to people for, you know, we did close to an hour and then they have to choose from that what they want the story to be about. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, he talked about the, our favorite writers and um, what we like to read. So I, I it's a it's a not to toot my own horn, but it's a pretty interesting piece. Mm. I thought it sounds I thought like so. it. It sounds like it. And both of you are pros, like you're pros at uh, being part of reading shows. You've been at AMI in all kinds of capacities and in broadcasting in all kinds of capacities. So this is a really nice milestone for you. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. You'll have to ask uh, Kelly how professional I am because she and I have <laughs> he, he been recorded together you, right? yeah. at, uh, <laughs> at AMI for at various phases of AMI. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and you and Mike are very different individually, and you can tell that even with yeah. your reads, the things that you choose to read, um, it's but it comes together so well, right? And it's fascinating the choices, and it's interesting when you say what Tom might have picked from that, what he gleaned, and what he sees as because this is such a niche. Um, what you're doing is such for a niche audience, uh, a specific kind of programming that is being shared that we, we have the privilege to be able to share with an audience, but also to pull those people in and the style. People don't read what you're reading out loud. We used to talk about that a lot when you were a reader and working with me uh, at, at, at AMI when we first started everything that, hey, this is supposed to be read in your head not out mm -hmm. loud and you readers over there at my audio uh, it's you learn something that i won't say nobody else has to read because we have audio books now it's a 100 percent different reading mm -hmm. different different style necessary yep you have to add uh emotion but not editorialize mm. is what i like to say you know you're not this isn't you're reading an opinion piece but you're not giving your opinion on it you know right so on. you can emote in certain ways with uh with different things so if it says you know, someone said with a laugh, you can deliver that line differently, but you also don't want to be robotic, you know? Right, right, right. So that's something, it's a balance of how you can do it, but you get the feel for the articles, right? If I'm reading a national article about healthcare, I'm not going to be like, hey, all these people are in hospital, you know? <laughs> I like, know. You know, like exactly. terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Oh, you, have, you have to have the correct tone when it goes yeah. with it. When it's like, you know, dozens of people in hospital, but not like dozens of people. Now I'm getting really into the minutiae. Sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, but it's cool. We love hearing from narrators in such this way. People who. Uh, it's yeah. such a unique thing. I want to talk to you about the season we're into. Oh, yes. Award season. Um, the Golden Globes. We had a chat the other day about them with Greg. So we don't we're not going to go over that as much as I'd love to know what we did touch on is the red carpet and people online talking about the fashions and things like that. When you observe, when you look, do you look at that? Do you follow along online? Where do you find if you're going to bother watching any of the fashion of it? And I'm not sure, Corinne, how much you do. I know it probably doesn't go unnoticed, especially what we just talked about, your work. Um, what do you feel is the big capture and what do you look for in that kind of thing? Does any of that interest you or is it just, come on, move on, let's move on, this thing's long enough, get on with the awards? <laughs> 
No, absolutely. This year, there was no red carpet shows. So you had to follow along on the internet. There wasn't e-news or e-talk or anyone usually has reporters set up at the red carpet to say, who right. are you wearing? What are you excited right. about? So I miss that because I like watching those beforehand. You could, you know what? Award season is my Super Bowl. Okay. I'm going to put six <laughs> hours into these award shows. <laughs> is so it was the there Super a fashion Bowl that you like? Super Bowl or no? No, oh, the halftime show is okay. That. There you yeah. go. All right. Yeah, she's not. <laughs> uh, was there a fashion that you can describe to us? This is what we were talking with Greg about. But I thought, is there anything, a style, anything particular that, as you watch this, you are looking for? Is it just that unique suit or or dress or whatever that gown that someone's that someone wore? Um, I'm think what pops to mind immediately is Margot Robbie because she has been dressing the Barbie part. The entire time she's played Barbie, so she had this sequin pink dress that was uh, that was pretty form fitting, and you know, it's something that Barbie would wear to an award show. It looked like, but mm. if you also look at Taylor Swift, she wore a sequin green dress that wasn't the same, but was was kind of kind of the same. So it wasn't the exact same dress. Yeah, and so I thought these the silhouettes this year were much tighter than they have been. But that seems to be the the trend in dressing. Like we've gone through the big ball gowns mm. where you can't see anything. We've gone through the like sh they're called shift dresses, so they just kind of like hang down. Emma, think Emma Stone. She's usually in a shift mm -hmm. dress. She was in one mm -hmm. at the uh, the award show. But now it's kind of like classic Hollywood coming back with like the tail the uh, tailored Taylor Swift and <laughs> how everything is just fit so perfectly. Mm -mm. Um, if there was if there was description, Ramya, would that remotely make this even more interesting on that level to oh, you yeah. or still? Would it? Of course, you're yeah. Because really, yeah. remember, like, I was um, bringing up uh, stuff on the show where you, what's trending this year or anticipated to trend this year, what was great last year that will continue into this year, including, like, makeup and skincare. And um, I, I went through some of the fashion articles as well, and I found it interesting to just read about the styles, read about what people are wearing and how they're being described, as you said, because there was a period of time on the show where we'd have a fashion conversation with Kia, and um, I found it really great not just to uh, like for personal use or something like oh yeah shopping tips but really that you know what's out there that people are wearing because we have no clue otherwise no we don't and i used to find as a kid and i'd put this stuff on the, the suits right i could see ties and stuff like that when i could see better and that used to fascinate me and then i'd hear about the cost of so many of the things like oh, oh my, my gosh God. yeah off the oh and gosh. how how many different <laughs> types and i couldn't see enough to say how different so and so or that you mm. look at a table of people i wonder how many different styles yeah. of suits well, what for me does that mean go ahead Kirk. men's fashion has evolved immensely it's mm -hmm. not the boxy tuxedo anymore uh there was a lot of different cuts of suits there was a lot of men not wearing suits um pedro pascal is an ex excellent example of someone who wears a suit sometimes but doesn't he actually had his arm in a sling I'm not sure oh. what happened, but he had mm. like a great, I can describe it as a blouse, like, and it had ruffles on the front and it worked with his sling, which wow. was the same wow. color as the shirt. And then uh, Barry Keoghan was wearing this lovely draped jacket that was red and the pants kind of hung uh, the same way draped wise. So again, 
it's not just your oh my gosh his tuxedo is blue and not black this mm. year like the men's fashion has really really styles and you know uh, as you say right like what used to trend that's coming back or just that kind of a uh, evolution of fashion and thinking fashion forward because sometimes the stuff that you see here actually most of the time the stuff that you see on these red carpets is it becomes the talk afterwards into what we head into with fashion, right? Not mm -hmm, just like mm -hmm. a reflection on. I wonder yes, how much is Taylor, you... Taylor, Taylor made. Mm -hmm. Like, like, <laughs> I, like of those, I wonder how much is actually, you would look good if we took this fashion from, you know, as you say, these are the start of a lot of what people yep. will see or want to go out and get. So I these wonder are the how much of things. the designer goes to the person or the tailor or says, listen, you know, the the I could make you, how would you feel looking like, wow, because they're all trying to upstage each other one way or another. No, they're just trying to be themselves. Come on. <laughs> upstage each other one way or another. That's it. That's it. Uh, federal public servants warned that the Trudeau government two years ago uh, that large in increases to immigration uh, could affect housing affordability and services. Internal documents obtained by the Canadian press through an access to information request show Immigration, Refugees and Citizenship Canada analyzed the potential effects newcomers would have on the economy, housing and services as the department prepared its annual immigration targets for 2023 to 25. The deputy minister, among others, was warned in 2022 that housing construction had not kept up with the pace of population growth. But ultimately, the feds increased the number of new permanent residents to 500,000 for 2025, a decision that drew considerable scrutiny. Karen Rebo, the Canadian Press. Ramya, your family coming with different members to Canada to live. We, as a melting pot country, as people love to refer to Canada as mm -hmm. with uh, all the various backgrounds, and this for years being our style, our way, you would think we'd navigate through newcomers all the time. We know that there's been different circumstances and different times in history through wars or what have you, where more people come here, uh, opportunities come here. Um, is this something, as you hear this, are we going back to the whole, yeah, but once again, Canada only reacts when we have to. Things are not the way they used to be. We can sit here and welcome people, but we don't follow through. Often. Often I think that about a lot of our policies and a lot of our uh, reactionary measures and just conversations, honestly, around politics and, you know, we must do this, we need that. And it really, like, I have such a cynical, skeptical, uh, overall blanketed outlook on a lot of these things and whether it or not it concerns me personally, like with accessibility things, uh, I, I just feel that way about us. And it's because we don't have enough trust. We don't have enough trust that the, you know, uh, government or like people in charge will do the right thing. They'll do the, the thing that we're asking for when they say that they're going to represent us represent people. Um, also, I, I just think, yeah, like there is history. There's definitely recent history, which can be very, you know, questionable, startling, and all all of that, right? Where you think, you know, we're in a bad place. How do we deal? Mm. But but we have to be fluid in the sense. This is my opinion. We have to be fluid in the sense of moving forward requires us to think outside of just what we've done historically so far. Right? And that requires a lot of work as well. So then it goes back to my trusting. Are we going to put in the work? Corinne, we see this happening constantly in this country. And 
I, I don't know it, when we you, you read the stuff every day on housing in different locations, different things, expectations that our government wants to have. We want to puff out our chest. But their expectations of people coming here, their expectations we have as citizens wanting you living here, looking and wanting opportunity to go where we need to go to and fro in different places. But we run into the roadblock and, and you see this. Any of your thoughts on this? Uh, the housing crisis has been around for a long, long time. As uh, the report said, the government was previously warned about it. Uh, so when it comes to uh, immigration and just population in general, more house, more housing has to be built. That doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily mean single houses. It doesn't mean single houses. It means places where multiple people can live. So this is something that's going on across the country, uh, figuring out how to rezone things so you don't just build one house on a lot so people can live there. Also, with rent increases and prices going up, it's hard for people to get into the housing market in any rate, and if you're new to a country, you have to, um, you know, you come in here and there's lots of stuff that you have to do. And unfortunately, housing is one of the big things where, you know, the, the government's kind of like, yep, we're, we're working on it, but they're not really doing anything. Uh, a point that I read earlier was um, that the private sector is not being consulted when it comes to building houses. Like, it's great that the government says yep, we're going to build yep. 200,000 houses by this time. And the private sector is like, okay, how? Like, you know, we'd love to do this, but there's all this stuff that we have to think about as well. So, again, it's it's one more step. But, you know, uh, you need population to help the economy and, you know, be be a country and such. So it's, you know, it's uh, I don't know the term that I'm trying to say, but it's, uh, you know, the housing prices and immigration are going together yeah. in an unfortunate way. Yeah. Well, and it's terrible because we're a country that's big enough, but not big enough. But you don't want to be too big of a place where you couldn't furnish the money through taxes and so on to afford things. But we don't. We have a we, we talk a big game and then we fall because now there's no money anywhere. Corinne, thank you very much for being with us on the roundtable. We'll do this again. Thank you. And thanks for not asking me about Otani. Appreciate it. <laughs> Oh, God, I've had enough, Otani. Oh, I did a sports on the go, but, ah, well, thanks a lot. Corinne Venduzen, um, one of the hosts of the Global Mail Show. You can catch it on AMI-audio weekdays, uh, so do so because uh, awesome work by her and Mike as they spin off all sorts of great news items for you to follow in various uh, genres and forms. After the break, we're, of course, going to wrap up the show, give you a teaser of what's coming up on Now with Dave Brown, the morning show on AMI-tv. And I've got a um, question slash recommendation slash reflection on cleaning our reusable water bottles. Some people are getting real sick by not cleaning them properly. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. really do think this show flew by today. Lots mm. of great content for people to check out on their favorite podcast platform. You can search for Kelly and Rumia if you aren't already listening on pod, that is, and find out the full show pod uploaded every single day that we are on air, which is weekdays. And also, uh, we segment out this show for you as well, which is easier to share and just listen back really quickly to revisit some of the content that we have on the show. Also, 
2 p.m. Eastern time is when we're live on AMI-tv. 4 p.m. Eastern is the first uh, airing of the show on AMI-audio weekdays. All right, Kelly, tell us, if you will, please, the uh, Now with Dave Brown lineup for tomorrow morning. Now with Dave Brown is our morning show, 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv, also every weekday and available on pod. And tomorrow morning, they have the Friday show lined up. Yeah, we know there's the news panel, folks, with uh, journalists Michelle McQuig and Joita Guta from The Pulse. They'll be discussing the big stories of the week with Dave. Uh, one of the ones that I think about a lot uh, when it comes to being a former Montrealer, and when I was really little, my father used to take us tobogganing on the current uh, location of the Olympic Stadium. They'll be talking about it tomorrow because it's in definite need of repairs. That's not news to anybody, of course, but the cost of repairs, that price is piling up. It's been estimated that the cost of roof repairs alone might reach a billion dollars. The panel will discuss the fate of Olympic Stadium. Should it be repaired or torn down there in Montreal? Brock oh. Richardson, speaking of stadiums, will have the latest sports report for them. Karen McKay from the uh, Center for Equitable Library Access will reveal the books that made the Canada Reads list. That's awesome. I know you guys will be talking about that on audiobook reviews, certainly. And mm -hmm. they will tomorrow morning on Now with Dave Brown, beginning at 9 a.m. Yeah, really um, interesting conversation around the Olympic Stadium. And just we know how much money and effort oh. and pulling and pushing the tug of war that goes around building these facilities. And then to think, well, what do we do now? Right? When the festivities Bad part is if they are had over not had the price go up so much on it through its years, yep. invested so much money, the reality would be take it down. But it's needed, but not enough to build a new one in its place. Mm -hmm. And that money isn't there. Check it out. Now with Dave Brown, all kinds of great discussions, 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv every weekday. Uh, so there's a lot that happens if you don't wash your reusable water bottles often enough. And this is an article or pieces from a CBC article that I found today. A few weeks ago, there was a college student who had a PSA TikTok video explaining how she got mold poisoning from her reusable water bottle. It went viral and there was three million plus views on this. So in her video, she explained how she had a cold. It never went away. Doctors diagnosed her with bronchitis and a sore throat, and it turns out it's because there was mold in her water bottle. So she looked online on how to properly clean the lid of her water bottle, then realized she had to take the silicone piece off to do it properly. She removed it and saw a disgusting amount of mold. Mold advice from Jessica P. Trust, who's a uh, functional medicine practitioner who's been quoted all through this article. Mold can grow on everyday items like reusable water bottles and even water filters due to a combination of things. Water bottles and filters often come into contact with organic materials, such as traces of juice, leftover water, or other liquids. Mold requires organic matter to thrive, and any residues left on these surfaces can provide a suitable environment for mold growth. Gross. Mold needs moisture to grow, and any lingering moisture on the surfaces of water bottles, seals, or filters can produce a conducive environment for mold to develop. This can happen if you're not only did you not wash your water bottle properly, but if you didn't dry it out properly and store it in a cool area cool temperatures okay people so wash your water bottles properly mm -hmm. thoroughly take it all apart let it properly dry with the lid off and um please 
Let's not get mold poisoning from our water bottles. And don't leave water in there for weeks at a time. Ew, don't do that either. That's really gross. And don't leave anything sugary in there. I was thinking electrolytes. So, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> let's talk about what's coming up on tomorrow's show for us. The Friday edition of Kelly and Ramia includes a breakdown of top tech items unveiled at the Consumer Electronics Show, including the uh, at-home four-in-one checkout device. And we got gardening with Susan Kearney as well. Join us tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. Hello, it's Megan McGrath here. During the holiday season, I made the decision to donate blood. This was a first time for me while living in Canada as the criteria changed a few months ago. If you've lived or spent time in the United Kingdom, Republic of Ireland or France during the mad cow disease outbreak of the 80s and 90s, you were previously restricted from donating blood in Canada. However, with the recent update, you may now find yourself eligible. Currently, Canada is experiencing the smallest number of regular donors in over a decade, 31,000 fewer than before the onset of COVID-19. Understanding your blood type is crucial. It not only dictates who you can donate blood to, but it also influences who you can receive blood from. I happen to be O negative, a universal donor, allowing me to donate blood to all types. However, the trade-off is I can only receive O negative blood. I really encourage you to explore it. I must say the staff and the facility I went to had such a comforting environment. You can even get free snacks and juice, which is definitely a plus. So your blood donation could potentially save a life or help someone in need. That's all for me today. Wishing everyone a fantastic day and looking forward to chatting with you all soon. Bye. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.